We're speaking about the story of our great redemption. The foundational scripture that we're using is from Peter's preaching on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2.27, where he quoted literally from Psalms chapter 16. And he said, Because you will not leave my soul, and my soul being the soul of Jesus, in Hades, nor will you give your Holy One to see corruption. This is talking about a double resurrection, which had to come because Jesus suffered a double death. He suffered spiritual death when he bore our sins and diseases and sickness and curse and took our transgressions because he didn't have any of his own, but he suffered with ours, and that caused him to die spiritually. And he was separated from God, his own father, when he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? If you remember that uh, from the scripture, that he cried that from the cross. Well, he died a double death. He had to die spiritually first and be disconnected from God in order for his body to die. See, Adam didn't die physically until after he was disconnected from God through treason, through his sin of disobedience against God. And you remember, this is exactly what God said to him in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17. Literally from the Hebrew, it says, In the day that you eat of that fruit, in dying, you will die. Mut temut in Hebrew, which speaks of a double death. The death of spiritual death and the death of your physical body dying. Well, after he sinned, he didn't die physically right then, but he did die physically many, many years later. So spiritual death had to come before physical death could come. Well, it was the same with Jesus. They couldn't even kill him until after he died spiritually, and then he could be put to death physically. Now, because of this spiritual death, Jesus went to hell in our place, and that's what we've been looking at. He went to Hades, it says here, and we found out that this word Hades, and of course then, let me read the scripture again, Acts 2.27, because you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you give your Holy One to see corruption. Now he didn't see, his physical body didn't see corruption because after, you know, after three days and nights of suffering our torments in Hades, where he went with our spiritual death and our separation from God and our sin and our sickness and our disease and our curse, then he was raised up out of there and he went by his tomb and his body was resurrected. So his physical body did not see corruption. It was raised up to immortality. Now we're going to say a whole lot more about this a little later on. But uh, I wanted you to see this, that this word Hades here, and we've been saying it over and over again, because it's, it's, it's new information for a lot of people. But the word Hades here in Acts 2.27, where it says that Jesus' soul was not left in Hades, is exactly the same word that's used for the hell or Hades of flames and torments that the wicked rich man was taken to in the 
uh, story that Jesus relates in Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 24. You know, we know it as the story of the rich man and Lazarus, which was a real story. It wasn't a parable. It actually happened. Well, that's where Jesus was suffering for us for three days and nights, or until God the Father brought him up out of there. And Jesus' soul was released from the torturous pains of the realm of the dead. Jesus went there for you and me. Had he not gone there, then we would have not had a full redemption. Somebody had to go and pay the price in hell so that humanity could be released from that if they'll just receive his sacrifice. Glory to God. Now, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 40. We've looked at it and studied it. That like Jonah. Now, this is Jesus talking in Matthew 12, 40 about his sacrifice. And he said, just like Jonah was three days and nights in the heart of the earth, so shall the Son of Man, I mean, in, in the belly of the great fish, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. Jesus went to hell in our place because he suffered for us what we would have to suffer. But now, taking Jesus into hell was the biggest blunder ever committed by the devil. And it was the greatest and dumbest thing to do in all of eternity. Now, why? I'm talking about where the devil and demons were concerned. Now, where God is concerned, where God is concerned, this was the magnificent culmination of a great plan. But where the devil was concerned, to receive the spirit and soul of Jesus in hell was the greatest error ever committed in all eternity. Now, why? Well, because Jesus never committed sin. Nor was he ever connected to Satan in any way. He said, the prince of this world has come and he's found nothing in me. Well, that was true. But then when Jesus went to the cross, it says, he who knew no sin, this is 2 Corinthians 5.21, was made to be sin for us. He became sin made to be sin for us on the cross. And then John 3.14 says that he became the serpent on the pole. And that's a, a reference to what happened in the book of Numbers when Moses was told by God to put a serpent on a pole and that all that would look upon it would be healed and delivered. Well, that serpent is a type of death and destruction and it was a representation of all that is evil, all that the devil is, and all that the devil brought on this planet. On the pole, Jesus was our substitute. He absorbed it all into himself. Now that's John 3, 14. And it says that just like Moses put the serpent on the pole, Jesus said, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up in the same way. Now, even so, in the Greek means in exactly the same way, in such a manner, in such a way, just like this, in the same manner. Well, you get the picture. Jesus became what we were. Not what he was, what we were when he died and went to hell. Why? Well, so that now we can become all that he is now. 1 John 4, 17 says, As he is, so are we in this world. Even though Satan and all of hell thought they had overcome him, that they had finally defeated the Son of God and took him into hell, 
they were very wrong because God was not about to leave the son, the soul of his innocent son in hell. He was there as a substitute, as a sacrifice. And when the sacrifice was fulfilled after three days, God would raise him up. In the Messianic Psalm, Psalm 88, and it is a Messianic Psalm, as, as, as we study this, you're going to see there's no question, this is not talking about somebody else. This wasn't David talking about himself and his troubles. No, this Psalm gives us a picture of the sufferings of Jesus, of spiritual death on the cross, and when he was ushered into hell on our behalf. I'm telling you, this psalm could not have been speaking about anybody else, but the Son of God made sin with our sin. So let's go to Psalms 88, and I'll give you a few important nuggets here concerning this, just so that you uh, begin to pick up that it's talking about Jesus. I'm I'm going to be referring, as I read Psalms 88, Uh, to Isaiah 53 and the other scriptures. The language reminds us very much of the book of Isaiah chapter 53. And and if you haven't really studied this from the Hebrew, you may not pick it up, but I'm going to share some things with you. Okay, let's start in verse 3. For my soul, now this is Psalms 88 verse 3, my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to the grave, to the grave. Now, The language here is very much like Isaiah 53, verses 9 through uh, 11. This is exactly what the prophet Isaiah said about the soul of Christ in that verse 10 and 11. When God the Father saw, it says, the travail of the soul of Jesus. This is a very important correlation between Psalms 88 and Psalm and Isaiah 53. It's talking about the same thing, that the soul of Christ would not be left in hell. But Isaiah points out about the travail of the soul of Christ. And see, a lot of people don't understand that Jesus' sacrifice was not just his body or even just his blood. His sacrifice was spirit Soul, body, blood, and all. His entire being was a sacrifice. And Isaiah, as well as Psalms 88 here, is talking about the soul realm. That includes the spirit, because the spirit is inside or encased inside the soul. And we've talked about this before. Now notice what it goes on to say in verse 4 of Psalms 88. Watch this. I am counted with those that go down to the pit. Hmm. Well, this word pit is the Hebrew word bor. And bor means a cistern or a well. If you'd study the uh, over there in the book of Revelations, chapter 9, verses 1 through 3, it talks about the bottomless pit. And when it was opened up, it began to spew smoke like a furnace of fire and darkness and smoke and evil was there. I mean, you can go over there and check it out. Book of Revelations chapter 9. Well, the word pit 
In Greek is the word, I'm going to try to pronounce it, frear, or frir, however you pronounce that, but it's identical in meaning as the Hebrew word bor. And uh, it means a, a, a cistern or a well, and the idea is, the reason it's called a bottomless pit, the word bottom uh, bottomless is the word uh, abysos, uh, abysus or abysos, however they, well, you want to pronounce it, but it means abyss, it's translated in other places. And the reason that they say it was like a cistern or a well, if you've ever looked into a cistern or a well, it goes, it's thin at the top, or it's narrow at the top, and then when it gets down to the bottom, it opens up to where the water is. And that was the idea. It, it was an arrow entrance, and then it opened up larger uh, to a place of torment and destruction. And Revelations chapter 9 and verses 1 through 3, and, and, and I'm going to share some other ones in the process of time, but also Revelations chapter 20 and verses 1 through 3. So he said, I'm counted with those that go down into this bottomless pit. I am a feeble man, free among the dead. Now, I want you to see this. Now, something very important here. Like the slain that lie in the grave. So he's talking about two places or two realms. He's talking about the grave and he's also talking about this bottomless pit. And you'll see how it mentions here, whom you remember no more. And now watch. And by your hand, they are cut off. And that talks about being cursed. And you remember, we talked about that, that Jesus became the curse for us. Galatians 3 and verse 13. You have laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness, in the deeps. See, this is talking about this bottomless pit, the lowest pit, in darkness, in the deeps. It's talking about these two realms, the grave, and then spiritually this place of the dead. This is very important. The lowest pit was hell or Hades itself. We talked about it and taught it. He went to the lowest parts of it. You remember Ephesians 4, 9, where Paul said that what is it that he has ascended, but that he first descended into the lower parts of the earth. And the lower parts of the earth, again, reminds us of Matthew twelve forty. Actually, I want to read that to you, Matthew 12, 40, 40, because it's such an important scripture. Because we find out where Jesus got this phrase, three days and three nights. He actually got it from the prophet Jonah and the book of Jonah. And he says so, Matthew 12, 40, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Well, the heart of the earth is not the grave. It's the center of the earth, and we know that's where Hades, or this bottomless pit, this abyss is. It's the place of smoke and demons and darkness, a furnace, if you would. Well, thank God that's what, where Jesus went for us. He actually suffered all hell had to offer for us so that we never have to go there. And all anybody must do is accept, receive, and embrace his free gift of salvation. That alone 
can keep one from that terrible fate of death and hell. And if you read in the book of Revelation, you'll find out that after the end of his millennial reign, Jesus' millennial reign on earth, and then it says that then after that, death and hell and all of that will be cast into a lake of fire. And that's the second death. Well, the second death has no power over a believer that walks with God and knows the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Well, we've been delivered from hell. We don't go to hell. We don't die and go to hell. We die and go to heaven. Uh, if the Lord tarries, then all of us are going to die physically. But we, after physical death, go into the presence of God. But the time will come where even hell itself will go into the second death. And that's the final place. Well, Jesus didn't have to go there because uh, his suffering only had to uh, be in Hades because that's the place where people go now on this side. When people die without God and without Christ, they go into Hades. And that's where Jesus went and paid the price for us. Because if you're delivered from Hades, you'll never have a place in the lake of fire and brimstone. Where there will be eternal wailing and gnashing of teeth, it says, and where the worm never dies. Now you can see that in Revelations chapter 20 and 21. But also Mark chapter 9, verses 43 through 48 talk about it. And Matthew chapter 13, verses 42 and 50. The pit, or Hades, is also called the place of blackness and outer darkness forever. And you'll see that in Matthew 25, 30, and also in 2 Peter 2, 17. Well, thank God. Jesus suffered it all so that we don't have to go to hell. Thank God we can now go to heaven. And we'll continue on our next study. Amen.